Tyler, um, do I need to give a shout out to like likes and subscribes and things like that? And you said 800 hours of watch, watch time. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Please like and subscribe. It's my honor and pleasure and privilege, I suppose, to have Johan van Feeren. I said Johan, didn't I? Let's do that again, yeah, shall we? Let's do my that again. word. Why don't I say Johan? That's my dad's name, man. Is your dad's name Johan? <laughs> yeah. But you're Johan. Yeah, it's more French. Yeah. But let's say it in a South African accent. Yvonne, uh, thanks for your time. But firstly, congratulations uh, on your award. Gauteng Sportsman of the Year. That's pretty amazing, bud. And, and it's been an incredible couple of months for you. World Champs, <laughs> uh, Commonwealth Games medal. Um, yeah, you must be happy with life at the moment. Yeah, thanks. Yes, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I think 2022 was a busy year, mm. I think, for especially for me, starting with my master's degree. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna ask you to come a little bit closer because oh, Tyler, sure. I can see Tyler's getting very annoyed, and when she, she gets annoyed. when she gets annoyed, she throws things. And sorry, Tyler, Johan or Yuvan is fine now. <laughs> come on, Yuvan. Yeah, just a little bit closer. There. Perfect. Carry on. Say fine, sir. Yeah, perfect. Let's go with. Let's start. Actually, yes. before even the Gauteng Awards and that sort of thing, let's go to. When did you start doing long jump? Because you were a pretty good 400 meter runner back in the free state. You know, that was something you, you, you worked on hard. Yeah, I think I should think about it. I think I started in 20, well, I was, I was young. I was very, very young. I but think you're still young. A, what are you talking about? As a child, I think <laughs> at the age of 11. Yeah. Um, doing it as a young child should doing his winter sports and doing his summer sports and sprints and stuff. And then um, did high jump as well. Um, and then, yeah, I started focusing more on long jump and 400 um, from the age of 14, 14, okay. 15. And then I got injured, stopped with the high jump and stuff. Um, and yeah, I focus, still focus more on the, the long jump. Um, my love was always long jump. Um, but the thing is, I could only like train once a week, only Wednesday evenings. So it was more of a technique session. Okay. And um, yeah, that continued, joined the group at Kofsi's, uh, Tani Ans. Yeah, she's uh, a legendary coach. Yeah, yeah. Wade Funny Cat's um, ex-coach. Joined her in 2013. Um, so yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a huge opportunity for me to join such an elite group. Um, at that time, um, and yeah, I was doing 400s and still doing long jump once a week still. Um, and then um, things started progressing, started jumping 7.7s, seven 7.8s seven in 2017. And then... And that's a one um, session, one technical session yeah. a week, yeah? Yeah, that's <laughs> what people don't, don't realize is I was more focusing on 400. But the thing is, I accepted my circumstances and my opportunities that was given for me. Um, the cards I had in my hand and it's like a poker game you need to make the best out of it so um, yeah I used every opportunity I had and um, jump 7, 18, 20, 17 I was 21 when I was the first time I competed at senior national championships and I um, came fourth I will, I will never like forget it um, Luvo jumped just before me and um, it was his first jump and it was in Porch of Strom, and it was like the huge fill-up porch thing. 
and um, he started sucking up the crowd and stuff. And I was like, okay, I know this guy's serious because he's an Olympic medalist. Yeah. And, um, I jumped against him in the beginning of 2017 at uh, one of the Grand Prix in Bloemfontein, and I think he jumped like an 8:48 season <laughs> opener. So I was quite like, I was quite nervous, intimidated yeah. by him. And um, but still, I was 21, didn't give a shit about anything. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's see what this guy is doing, what he's going about, to, what he's about to do. And um, yeah, I took off 8:65, and the crowd went wild. <laughs> the crowd went. <laughs> fucking wild and I was like okay you're next <laughs> <laughs> good luck no pressure <laughs> <laughs> this small white boy from the freestyle <laughs> psyching up the people and you can see the people's like okay listen man this guy jumped x65 so what are you gonna do now yeah and I think my mark for senior national champs in 2017 was a 764 so it's exactly a meter below his SA record so I was like, listen, man, this is what long jump is. You witnessed it in real, in person. So you've got a lot of work to do. I think Rush will jump 849 as yeah. well. Huge PB. So, um, and I think Zark jumped in 801, 803, and then I came fourth. Um, so I think this year's national championships is going to be big. Yeah. Because it's in Portugal again. And I think, yeah, it's going to be big. That, so, that must have been some like, because Liverpool Lu was on a high after 2016. You know, like people were, his story was all over the world. You know, it wasn't just here in South Africa. And you know, having brought back the medal and everything that he had come through, when you looked at him lining up on top of his mark, were you like, damn, you know, this is an Olympian. This is <laughs> Olympic silver medalist. You know, like, not that it. You didn't belong there, but yeah, yeah, it must yeah, have been yeah. very intimidating. And like you say, the crowd's going wild. Poch, they love the athletic side in Poch. Yeah, Poch is, I think Poch and Stellenbosch is the two two provinces with the most um, passionate passionate fans, if you if you call it like that, uh, for athletics. Um, I always love jumping at Kutzenberg. Um, Poch of Sturm was after 2017 I started hating Kutzenberg <laughs> because of the 865 but uh, yeah as the years gone by and also jumping 8 meters in Poch of Sturm I started like developing a love for yeah. and a soft place for, for Poch of Sturm but um, now it's s standing behind him or standing next to him it's 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 a reality check for you listen you think you're a big athlete and even even I was like a junior athlete. I, was, I thought I was like, listen, man, I'm a big shot. Yeah. Lining up next to a guy like that, it makes you realize, listen, man, it's it's hard work. It's hard work. And I know he's a talented guy, but I know he worked hard, especially with Neil. Mm. Neil Neil's a very good coach. Um, and even Rashwa. I think Rashwa is a better example for me. Um, talented guy, but not as talented as Luvo, but his work ethic shits yes i think rashwell's work ethic and his self-discipline and yeah he's a he's an athlete you can look up yeah. to um very good role model for me a very good friends with him um i had a privilege to um be with him in oregon with the world championships and he gave me a lot of like tips and guidance for, for oft, even after the, the the qualifying rounds i was like shit man i need to go to birmingham now <laughs> <laughs> but first go back to south africa climb on a plane and go back to birmingham because um, I've we've been to 
Rushville's training session, right? Yeah, and, that and guy's it's like, insane. So we get the green light. It's like cool. We know athletes tend to warm up for it, like take, and especially long jumpers. You mm. don't always mm. jump mm. every day. There's mm. technique. It's some, all that sort of thing. But Rushwell was jumping that day, so his coach was like, "He's going to so jump this day." day yeah. yeah, so be there um, around about I think it was ten o'clock or whatever it was or something like that. He only jumped at like half past twelve because <laughs> he is such a consummate professional. Mm. Mm. The warm ups, the stretching, the preparing. He gets the headphones on and he's singing to Rocket Man or Elton John. I don't know what it was. <laughs> that was his thing. But he is a consummate pro. But yeah, what it yeah. does say to me, Yvonne, is that this country's got some serious long jump talent. Yeah. And regardless of what's happened with Livor, mm. Zark you mentioned, Rushwell yourself, even the juniors coming through. Mm. Even Khotu. is also a good example. You know, some talent that's come through. Mm. And you're part of that now. And you're part of history. You're South African long jump champion. Mm. Um, Commonwealth Games medal winner. You know, it just speaks volume that the work you've also put in, man, and your talent alone from that 21-year-old kid that was going, oh, my God, did Luvo just jump 8.65? No, I was done, man. To where you are now, you must be happy with the progress you've made. Yeah. And I'm a type of athlete that will look at other athletes, especially the senior athletes, and be like, listen, man, and I'll be open to it. I'm very open to it and open to learning and learning from senior athletes. Even I'll message the senior guys, even it's not even it's not like a long jump, even it's like weight or... Mm. I'll ask them, like, listen, man, how do you deal with this? How do you deal with this? And they'll give me, like, tips and guidance and stuff. And you need to appreciate it. And you need to use it because those people went through the levels of of success. And um, they're willing to work with yeah. you and will, willing to help you to get on top of top of your game. Yeah. So, um, but we, when you go back to, to Russia and these warming, these warm-ups and, yeah, you... you <laughs> When you're younger, you take those stuff for granted because you're young and you're more flexible and stuff. And um, you can you can skip some of the warm-up drills and stuff. But when you get older and you get more professional, you you realize, listen, this is your business. This is your business. You need to invest yeah. in every aspect of your business. And um, skipping warm-ups can end up into an injury in your eight, out what eight weeks. Yeah. So um, that's a long time. So in. that's that's the problem. And um, that's why where I like realized when I was like 22, 23, I was like, listen, man, your work ethic needs to be like top shape. Mm. And uh, at my training sessions, I don't think I'm the most acceptable guy on the training field. <laughs> um, very like rude and aggressive. I'm a more of an aggressive athlete. Love to train with my emotions and stuff. And um, but that um, drives you though. That fires yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I think. Yeah, you learn and you you adapt and you learn about yourself and you change. And um, back in 2018, I was like, what, 22 years old? Um, I wasn't the same athlete as I was now in 2023. Mentally, physically, um, kicked up, what, nine kgs? At, back in, in, in at, at Kofsis, I was like 71, 72 kgs. Now I'm like 81, 80, 79. So um, it shows you how your whole body changes, your whole dynamic of your, your, your training structure and everything, your, your coaches and your way you look at things. But um, yeah, it's, it's more focused, more training sessions are more individual. Um, yeah, and you, you don't have any time for, 
for fooling around at training sessions yeah. anymore because the thing is, like I said, it's your business. And you can't play around. And um, if you have like two or three or four athletes that has the same mindset, um, I'll work with those athletes. Um, I spoke to my coach yesterday and I was like, um, I'd rather work with an athlete that jumps 820 or A30 and his work ethic is out of this world yeah. than an athlete that jumps 8.7, 8.6, but it's only talent. Yeah. Because I feel that, listen, there's a, there, there comes a point where um, you're going to be challenged and you need to be willing to put in the work because there are athletes more talented than you out there. And um, it's not always the most talented athlete that wins. That's right. It's the guy who works the hardest. So, um, yeah. I think the point you make there, and it, and it, it goes across all sport all aspects of life you know mm, mm, talent mm. gets you so far and it's the cliche but hard work is the thing that gets you over the line yeah take us to to birmingham going in there you've just experienced world champs because yeah, i think world champs in itself is <laughs> another story right i mean yeah. you're walking around there going wow that's that's that you know it's the who's who it, it's the big dogs you know um but going into birmingham how are you feeling like commonwealth games um, there's still pressure. It might not be the world champs yeah, yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah. Still a big stage, though. Going in there, how did you feel? I think if you can go back to world champs, I mean, pitching up at, in Oregon and stuff, and I realized, listen, you've, not like you've made it, but you're on the international stage now. Now it's like, listen, you need to perform. Yeah. And I feel most athletes, they're only, only focusing on, I want to make the team. But that's not where the work stops. It's like you need to go out there and you need to perform. And um, yeah, I, I remember this is when I walked into the lift on my way to, I think we stayed on the third or fourth floor. And um, I was like, I was a huge fanboy. I was like, yeah, this is, look at this guy. <laughs> and it was only me and Reese Prescott from Great Britain was in the lift. And I keep looking like this at this guy. I was like, Holy shit, man. <laughs> this is Reese Prescott. <laughs> and um, yeah, then I realized, listen, man, you need to calm down now. Yeah. Because he's just as human as me. And um, yeah, and that, that set the benchmark for me for Commonwealth Games because I feel some athletes tend to lose focus the moment they get onto the international stage because, like I said, they get this mindset of, I've made it. I can like chill now. It's yeah. fine. And um that's where people actually look at you. That's where sponsorships and people and brands and potential business deals and all that stuff, people look at you and be like, listen, hey, this athlete's working hard and he's, he's, he's a hardworking athlete yeah. and he performs. And um, going to Birmingham, um, I remember we had to fly from Oregon back to South Africa and then we had to stay here for 24 hours. So just washed all the necessary clothes, put it back in the bag, <laughs> went back to the airport and... Um, fly to uh that must suck though 24 hours you know what i mean yeah, it was actually a, it was a huge mental game for me yeah because the thing is yeah also time difference it. it is what it no, is fair enough but that's and um so then climb back on the plane and i remember i was sitting in the plane and i was like listen man you're not coming back without a fucking medal and um 
I was like, listen. That was in business, right? You were right in the front. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was there. <laughs> way back. <laughs> way back. Your long legs. Good luck in economy. <laughs> I don't even see an emergency exit. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. You were saying that. <laughs> but um, so then um, I was sitting there and I was like, listen, man, you need to like get yourself into a good space. You need to prepare for for Cornwall games and it started on the plane for me started on the plane and um so got got there I, th I think we landed in in, in in Netherlands got like I think a four or five hour layover and then we went to uh, Birmingham I can't remember and um man I was tired when I see a, a plane seat I immediately get tired I was like down gone and um, every time I woke up, somebody tied me up. I never tied up myself. Wow. <laughs> I just tied up myself. Have your team. Somebody did. <laughs> no, everybody's sitting there at the back, and I said, "You're in the middle oh, or somewhere." Wow. <laughs> Get into Birmingham, and um, I was like, "Okay, you're more or less in the same same situation as World Championships. You've got three or two days before the heat, and um, yeah, the, the qualifying rounds are way more easier than the, the World Championships." And um, but still, don't take it for granted because it's long jumps, a very technical um, event where you can get three no jumps and you're done. You're yeah. out. You can be the best athlete on the field, but three no jumps, you're done. Go yeah. sit in the nosebleeds, man. And yeah, wait clap for flight back. <laughs> and um, yeah, so got there, and um, yeah, immediately I went went to the track and I warmed up. I found my coach. I found my conditioning coach, Neil Duplessis. And I was like, listen, what's the game plan? What do you want me to do? I was like, listen, uh, coach was like, listen, go to the track, do your warm up, and not anything big, um, just to activate and get the, the flight out of mm. your legs. And um, phoned my conditioning coach, and um, he was like, listen, I'll send you the program, and you go to this mobile um, gymnasium they set up there in the village. And um, yeah, and I went through my, f uh, my routine and my program and stuff and I went to the physio and I was like listen after my first warm-up session oh, my Achilles it's a bit stiff my neck my back so I tend to focus more on um, those type of stuff after like especially heat and warm-ups and stuff so um, after that got there um, went through the drills and stuff and um, luckily Hotsu was there and um, Neil um, got delayed in his way of, of getting his um, passport for his visa for, for Birmingham. So he couldn't be there for my warm-ups and stuff or before the competition and stuff. And um, Hotsu was there and um, Jonathan Tutu was also there. So they helped me with my warm-ups and checking my, my, my steps and all that stuff. And um, I was very privileged to have Hotsu because yeah. Hotsu, is, he was there on the big yeah. stage. And um, I mean, Olympic medalist. I think he was the only one or something like that, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, from that 2008. Yeah, it was the only <laughs> the one. Wonder I think. Boy. <laughs> yeah, he was brought back the only medal for South Africa. No, he's, but he's also a cool dude. No, I he's mean. a cool he's man. A, I love him. Guy. And um, so then um, went through those jumps and then um, went back to the physio and I was like, listen, okay, so this is what I want you to do. Activate it again. So I was like, okay, forget about a flight. You've done your stuff. You feel good. Um, that morning and the thing is I realized that day before before the heat 
you went from Oregon back to South Africa. And I know it's just one day. Yeah. But you went from, I think it's a nine-hour difference yeah. in times. So you went back to South Africa, sleep a little bit, go back to UK. So my mind was like, listen, man, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> where you are had you? a nap in South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> so then uh, I climbed on the bus and um, it was the qualifying rounds. I think I jumped like 11 o'clock in the morning. And um, I was sitting, I was sitting on the bus and I was like, shit, man. I'm about to fall asleep now. And um, shot a bit of espresso shots there. And um, yeah, I went to the warm-ups and stuff. And I talked to Jonathan. And um, I was like, listen, man, where's Neil? And he's like, now he'll find him. Just go through the call room and I'll sort it out. And um, got there, qualifying rounds and stuff. And um, and I th like in South Africa, people don't realize in South Africa, when you get like a full stadium in Pochopstrom, and you never competed like internationally, that's big. Yeah. That's big. It's like what, 5,000 yeah. people that's watching. Then you get to Birmingham, even Oregon, but Birmingham for me was special because of the metal and stuff. But um, walking out, out of, in the heat, in the heat, like usually in South Africa with the heat, qualifying rounds and stuff, like your mom and your dad and your girlfriend <laughs> and your coach and stuff and maybe like <laughs> is it with me with a dog walking along <laughs> <laughs> and um, your team manager making sure you yeah. pitched up for the qualifying <laughs> rounds and um, so then um, I walked out of the tunnel and I was like shit it's 30,000 people watching and clapping hands and stuff so you get like emotional and stuff and psyched up I was like you forget about the, the jet lag yeah. and all that stuff went through and I I was like nervous because I can't see Neil. Where's Neil? Where's Neil? And I saw Khotu and I saw Jonathan and I saw the small guy. I was like, oh, there's Neil. <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, uh, I've got home with me and um, and uh, qualifying round went well. I think it's the first jump. That was the first time, first jump, 784, 782, something like that. And um, I remember one of the Australians, Henry Frayne, he, he asked me like, hey man, why are you still jumping? And um, I told myself, listen, you're going to jump whether you qualified on the first round or on the third round, but you're going to jump three jumps. Because the thing is, of the delay of the flights and all the jet lag stuff, I need to wake up my body, get yeah. used to this vibe. Because so I don't want to jump for 10 minutes and absorb this crowd and stuff and be like, okay, I don't know what to expect on Saturday evening. So I kept on jumping. Even if it's no jumps, it's fine. I just want to loosen up my body, get myself into this mindset of, listen, this is how it feels. Yeah. And it went well. I think I came third out of the qualifying rounds. And um, so then, um, yeah, so when was it Friday? I was, it was an off day. So I jumped on Thursday. It's an off day. And then it's Saturday. And um, so then Saturday pitched up. And I think I jumped like nine, nine o'clock in the evening. What do you do up until then? I mean, it's like... Damn, you keep yourself busy. Have you got the PlayStation out or the Xbox or what are you doing? Nah, I'm are not you? that privileged. Eh? Listening to this podcast. <laughs> I'm not Wade or Rushville <laughs> taking my PlayStation. But where, what do you do I out of interest? I mean, you'll have to go and have breakfast. So, uh, yeah, whether you know. Because um, 9 o'clock at night, I'm I'm going to bed. I'm crawling up with a cup of tea and <laughs> no, that's a, that's watching a, that's my a show. Thing. Some, athletes, <laughs> some athletes tend to make the mistake of okay, now it's final. Now I need to overdo everything. Mm. Focus more. Eat even more, like, better food. Um, just do what you're supposed to do. Do what you do every day. Yeah. 
And um, yeah, it's my first time jumping nine o'clock in, 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 in the evening. But um, it was like, okay, waking up, go get yourself a pizza, a full large pizza. Oxford lady. For real? A full yeah, pizza? full large pizza. For breakfast. <laughs> I remember I, I sent Carl Blechner the picture. I was like, hey man, you need to go to the, to the pizza staliki. You need to go now. And um, Carl's a beaut also, by the way. I need to get him on here. Yeah, please. <laughs> and um, so then um, I asked the lady, like, listen, even put me some, um, what's that, Calarina Reaper, what's that, that chili sauce? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, put me some of that on. So took it back home and it was quite hot. So um, sitting there eating my pizza and stuff and um, playing online games on my phone. So I don't have the, like, the, privilege of taking my place I've got my I've got an extra iPhone so that's my gaming phone <laughs> I got you so I usually text my friends who plays games with me online I was like listen man go online I'm gonna play games <laughs> okay and then we just talk nonsense and stuff and stay present that's yeah. the thing that's the most important thing for me is just, just stay present yeah um, don't I don't talk much in terms of um, on social media I don't text very much uh, but in person if you're with me in the, in, in the room and stuff I tend to make a competition out of everything but still try to stay present just to keep that competitive mm. mode activated so are we competing now on some level like th what did we was it who drank the coffee do you want, first do you want to down the coffee or? <laughs> 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 just wondering <laughs> <laughs> but I get I get what you mean staying present yeah. because I think the danger is if you're thinking too far ahead yeah, if you ever you think, get lost in if your, you ever think you know, you're fucked yeah 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 you're absolutely. done you're done yeah and um I made that mistake in, in Oregon because the thing is, Neil wasn't there. Mm. So I was like, listen, man, you need to think like Neil. Yeah. And what Neil will tell you if you do this and this and this wrong. So it's a mistake I made and I've learned from it. So it's fine. Um, and I applied it in Birmingham. So um, Neil wasn't there in the village. He stayed on his private accommodation and yacht. stuff. So, um, it's private yacht, eh? That's it. The heli helipad. No, it's Birmingham, man. It's Birmingham. <laughs> <laughs> It's not no good. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you made it sound like he's like this fancy thing in his own, you know. But uh, anyway, carry on. Sorry, you were saying. He pitched up as if he's like royalty. <laughs> yeah. I was like, even waving at me like, hey, man, yeah. how are you? The queen's like, way. Hey, coach, where were you, <laughs> man? <laughs> I was stressing. And, um, so, yeah, I, f I found my girlfriend. I was like, hey, man, I'm about to go now. And um, that's like 12 o'clock in the afternoon. So I was like, hey, I'm just going to say cheers now. I'm, I'm done. I'm going to do my own thing. And that's like nine hours before the yeah. event. But still the thing is I tried, I tried to stay present. Mm. And um, I knew it was like a nervous moment for my family and my friends because everybody's watching. And yeah. I don't want everybody to send me a message like, listen, I'm, 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 I'm rooting for you and I hope you do your best. And I don't want, to, I don't want that stuff. So um, still playing games and stuff. And um lying on my bed and uh, went through my routine and went sh like geared up and stuff and that's where it kicked in I was like okay you're going to the final now you need to prep and I went to the like a coffee spot where you can get like cappuccinos and espressos and all that stuff and um, went back to my room and I was like okay cool put it there on the table and I was like okay do your thing before you leave and um, say a little prayer and I went and I got to the bus and I was like, something's missing. I don't, something's missing. And I'm climbing to the bus and I was like, went to the warm-up track and did my warm-up and stuff. And then um, 
went to the call room and, and um, went on the track and uh, did my steps and everything. And he was like, listen, man, you need to wake the fuck up now. It's like, what do you mean, man? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, did you take your coffee or your espresso shots or anything? I was like, no, why? Ah, yes, why? And that's why I realized, like, listen, you didn't even drink, like, any espresso or caffeine <laughs> or anything. I was like, okay, coach, I need it now. Yeah. <laughs> so luckily in my bag, I've got, like, my PVM um, sachets, like, the Octane stuff, and it's got caffeine in. And I had, like, chucked three of them. I was like, I'm fine now. <laughs> so luckily I jumped, like, I think 13th or 14th. So is it tough waiting or is it better to go first, especially like that? I know you didn't really have a say. For me or my opponent? No, well, for, <laughs> I suppose. I suppose it's better to wait and see what people have done. I tend to, I tend to uh, prefer like going first. Oh, okay. I like going first because... Like runs I on like the scoreboard to, uh, sort of thing, scoreboard pressure. Yeah, not, not just that. I like to put pressure on myself. Okay. So listen, some of the athletes... Um, capitalize on your jump and that's what happened with the Bahama guy yeah so he I jumped to 8 zero, no 7-9-6 I think the first round and I was like hey cool man I'm in like 30 seconds of fame goofy jumps 7-9-8 I was like no you're fucking kidding me <laughs> so I was second so I was second I was like okay cool it's silver it's fine silverware I can do with it and um so the third round, I was like, okay. No, that was the first round. Second round, eight zero six. I was like, okay, cool. And um, he's, a, he's a very cool cool dude. Laquan is his name. And um, and uh, he jumped, eight zero eight. And I walked to him. I was like, listen, man, what, what the fuck is your problem, man? <laughs> he was like, no, nah, man, I'm using your energy. I was like, okay, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's not like he's being rude or anything, but yeah. he's hyping himself up yeah, because exactly. of your, your jumps. And that's the first time I ever, like, saw it in real life like a guy using your energy to jump yeah. big and um but i mean he was he's a very cool dude and uh yeah fourth jump our third, third jump was a no jump and then um, the fourth jump um before i went i was like yo i can feel something it's like something not very good and and um i think neil saw like listen something's wrong went through the run-up and i took off when when i landed when i took off i could feel on the on the plank, I was like, shit, man, my armstring. And um, I knew it. And um, But I, I wasn't going to show my opponent that I was injured because the thing is now my opponent might think, listen, oh, he's injured. So he's not going to jump big anymore yeah. because he's injured, so now I can go. So you put that athlete in a sense of comfort zone. Yeah, sure. So then um, I was like, listen, I'm just going to keep quiet. And I told Neil and Kotsu came and I was like, hey, guys, listen, <laughs> We've got a situation, yeah. And the coach like, listen, are you able to to jump? And I was like, listen, man, this is the biggest stage of my life. I'm gonna fucking jump. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like uh, like a, a AGN league where you jump like three jumps and coach, I'm done. Yeah. This is Birmingham, and it's going up against my first Commonwealth Games, and um, and I jumped and I jumped and uh, I just enjoyed it. And um, the last round, they rotated the athletes again from eighth, I think eighth place till. Uh, first place so then the guy who was fourth jumped before me and he jumped and it was a no jump and when I st stood on the run up I was like shit man I just meddled yeah and you look there in the crowd like you see like a sea of green it's like all the management people like going mad and you know they they, they, they like 
they saw like uh, alcohol in the stands. There was a guy walking with like a backpack but selling alcohol and stuff. <laughs> so um, the people were like really like psyched and stuff. And I saw Neil and Neil was just smiling and stuff. And and um, so then I realized, listen, it's your last time. So just enjoy it. And um, yeah, jumped, finished it. And I was like, listen, man, just enjoy this moment. And yeah, carry on. That was it. And yeah, I mean, I, no, what I mean by that is <laughs> it, it, that was it. it. Literally, that was it. You know what I mean? That was Commonwealth done. You know what I mean? Mm. You still had to get in the podium and get the medals. Oh, and yeah. That. I used my victory lap. Yeah. <laughs> I promised. I promised. Go. Neil was like, listen, come here, come here. I was like, no, man, I'm going to do my victory lap. <laughs> Screw you, guy. I'm going to do my even victory lap. Even with a busted hamstring. No, I'm going to do that. So uh, did you even we feel it? Scans, we went for scans yeah. and stuff, and it wasn't that severe. But um, okay. it was still at that moment. You think of the worst case scenario, but yeah. you still accept it and you'll be like, listen, you need to push through this. Um, luckily, long jump is different than sprints because for sprints, when you get injured in the heats or the semis, um, you're done. Yeah. And then with long jump, you've got like six attempts. So you might set out, let's say, round one and two and you can jump round three and let's hope you go through. And then you can fix it a little bit and stuff. And um, But I mean, it's six attempts. Yeah, so, that's what so everything can change like in 30 seconds. Let me tell you that. In 30 seconds, I witnessed it in real life. So you can jump 806 and then in 30 seconds, a guy jumps 808. I was like, no, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> and then obviously after Commonwealth Games, like that sort of feeling that you've accomplished something, that, that must be a pretty amazing. Like you don't mind then in that little cramped seat on the way back to South Africa because you've got this nice shiny medal around your neck. <laughs> No, I made sure I made sure my flight back home. Um, one of the long distance guys from UJ, um, Ryan, uh, King Ryan, and he always sits with shades. No matter where he is, he always sits with shades, like sunglasses. Even in the dark room, he'll sit with sunglasses. And we flew back to South Africa, and he sat behind me, and I was like, every time I look back, it's Ryan sitting there with his shades. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to sit here, man. This is this is stupid. I'm going to enjoy it. And I called the flight attendants, and they were all male, luckily. And um, so they were like, listen, come to the back, and you guys can chill there at the back. So I was sitting there at the back the whole time because okay. I wasn't going to sit in that cramped seat. And <laughs> But, um, yeah, I was excited to get back home. Um, but, yeah, it, it was, it was, I was happy to see my friends, my family, uh, get some quality time with with my close friends, um, but especially with the 2022 season, with like jumping, I think six, seven local competitions, I was quite exhausted after the yeah. whole season. So um, I even told told my agent, "Listen, I'm gonna go home. I'm I'm done." Even with this hamstring, because I was concerned about this yeah. thing. So um, and homes bloom still. Yeah, home I mean, Bloom. I know you're yeah, in Pretoria, my parents, my but parents your parents are Bloom, there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I went back to Bloom, enjoyed my time there. The bustling metropolis <laughs> of Bloom. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, Bloom was lacquer. Uh, it was good seeing my friends and stuff. But most of my friends are from the Northern Cape. They studied in Bloom. Okay. So they're clone burkis there from the Northern okay. Cape. <laughs> um, but um, I remember one of my friends, and um, he phoned my girlfriend, and she was like, listen, she thought something happened to him. And he was crying because of the medal. And she was like, listen, listen, uncle, <laughs> I'll call you back later, man. I can't hear anything. <laughs> Shame, man. But um, no, it, was, it, was, it was nice. It was nice. And um, I think um, 
I enjoy the moment because you never know when it's going to happen again. Yeah. Because I, th I feel um, some athletes think when they achieve this, um, it's going to happen again. And um, that's where you make your first mistake. And um, you need to go back to the same mindset and the same way you viewed that season in terms of you need to work hard irrespective of what you achieved. And um, now with the 2023 season, that's my focus. Like, listen, Commonwealth Games, World Champs, Africans, Nationals, all that stuff is in the past now. Now it's 2023, it's going to be a new national champion. Yeah. It's a new world champion. Um, so what's in the past is in the past. Nobody will be like, listen, you came eighth at national championships, but you were a Commonwealth Games medalist. People don't talk like that. Yeah. And um, so I made a point of it, like, listen, put it behind you. Mm. Um, enjoyed it. You enjoyed it, but um, you need to get down from cloud nine and start working again. I can, I've been seeing a few training sessions we've been to now, mm. how hard mm. you guys mm. graft. Mm. Um, and I know that the season has sort of started later. I don't quite understand it, but your season started a bit later yeah, in terms yeah, of yeah. dates and things like that. But the sort of elephant in the room is the Olympic Games because you've tasted world champs, Commonwealth Games, Africa's, but the Olympic Games is still the ultimate. No matter what people say, I personally think people tend to remember Olympic champions more than the world champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just with the sort of song and dance that comes with the Olympic Games. Paris is not far away. Is it something that is in your immediate thoughts? I know you're a guy who's very process driven and it literally is mm -hmm. meat by meat mm -hmm. or training session, but you can't but help but think about Paris and the Olympics and representing South Africa. Yeah, I think for for any athlete who takes his sport serious and who's professional and who's like passionate about his sport is um, he wants to go to Olympics. I mean I somebody told me when I was like what, like ten years old, you know you can go further than nationals. And I was like 10 years old. I was like, what do you mean you can go further than nationals? I thought like, listen, this is the pinnacle point. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I asked my teacher, I remember that, I was in grade four. And um, she was like, nah, she's not sure. Maybe it's like Commonwealth Games. And she searched it there. She was like, yeah, it's Commonwealth Games, Olympic Games, and it's like world championships and stuff. And um, then I realized like, listen, I want to go to the Olympics. This is cool, man. Wow, I that's cool. As Olympics. a 10-year-old. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to go to the Olympics. And um, <laughs> even even in, in even in high school, I was like, listen, I'm a very, like, like obsessed if I do something. So um, I realized, like, listen, I want to be an Olympian. I want to be an athlete. I want to be a professional athlete. I, I want to make a living out of athletics. Mm -hmm. And I know sports got a window where you can uh, perform. And, um, I mean... If you if you're privileged enough and um, your body is healthy, you can go till the age of 35. I don't know. Um, I don't think limits in terms of age and in your performance. Yeah. But um, going to the Olympics was always like a goal for me. Yeah. Um, especially with 2021 with my injury and stuff, that was a huge setback for me. It was seven months or something you said? Yeah, I was seven months out with a pelvic injury. Oh man, so that must have been sold as well. that was that was. That was bad. That was bad. I th I think it. Yeah, mentally it was it was hard. Mm. It was mentally very hard because the thing is, um, I dedicated that whole year to just athletics, so I didn't um, invest in any other th 
other aspect of my life in terms of uh, benefit, benefiting me mm. in, the, in the long run, like my academics or anything. So I was like, listen, um, I'm just going to do athletics. And then I remember um, jumping at one of the meets, the tux, and um, yeah, I had to realize, like, listen, I trained with the injury, I think, for like three weeks because I couldn't accept the fact that, listen, you might your season might be like, it's done. Wow. So that's where... I knew, listen, your obsessiveness and your drive for your sports and your, your goals and stuff can sometimes be your biggest nightmare and your biggest enemy. Um, but yeah, there's two people I hate the most. Myself when I get injured and a doctor who tells me, listen, <laughs> you're out for seven months. Oh, gee. And um, six, seven months, irrespective. But um, yeah, we immediately uh, uh, went to went to rehab and um, started working on the problem. And I think 5th of December, 2021, was the first time I ever stepped on, on the track and started the training session. And then 16 March, I was I think it was 16 March, 16 or 11 March. I'm not sure, it was 11 March. That Wednesday evening, like three days before the event, my coach calls me, he's like, listen man, um, your, like your provincial federation they want you to jump you need to jump because then you can't jump national championships I was like what the fuck coach <laughs> you're telling me like 9.30 in the afternoon in, in the evening um, what the hell man yeah it's like listen you can just chill it's fine I was like nah Neil, you know me man here we go <laughs> and um, first jump I think was like a 7.96 and the second jump I remember it was like a small kid standing in front of me and I like putting pressure on myself. I love it. And um, I can see this kid like looking at me and looking what I'm doing and stuff. And I think that's where some of the athletes, apart from what I'm telling you now, it's like some of the athletes, they forget like, listen, there's actually small, like small kids that's looking up to you and be like, listen, oh, that's what he's doing. That's yeah. what he's doing. And um, then I was like, yo, I was arrogant. And um, I told this lady, watch this. I'm going to jump eight meters now. And I said, okay, it's cool. And I jumped and I, I jumped 8.16. PB. And yeah, personal best. And um, yeah, it's just. That's when you uh, knew you were, you were back. Yeah, you yeah. Were back. And, it's, yeah. It's, and some people, some people might think like, listen, you're injured and you're in rehab for like six, seven months. Ah, your next season is going to be like horrible. It's going to be a struggle and everything. And I made like a point like, listen, I'm going to go against the mainstream of what people think. And um, just go for it. Mm. Just go for it and um, came out stronger. Came out stronger and stuff. And um, yeah, I jumped 816 um, with like, I think we prepped for that. Four jumping competitions, I think we prepped like for three weeks. So it's not like we were like, got like muscle memory in terms of uh, with the run ups and stuff. Yeah. Like, knew had to like get all the stuff quickly and sharpen up and be like, listen, we need to go now. So then, Four days after that it was Grand Prix and Bloemfontein. So, but yet again, I don't tell people before me, it's like, listen, I just came from a flight. It's not going to help, man. No. So when you pitch up at a competition, I feel like, listen, if you pitch up, you're 100%. Don't come to a competition and be coming with the mindset, like, listen, I'm here, but I'm 90%. If you pitch up, you're 100%. Um, if you're 90%, don't pitch up. Yeah. Because the thing is, at the end of the day, at your results, there's not going to stand like, listen, yes, you won by 70%. Just take that yeah. in consideration. Brackets, he was tired. Yes. No, no, no. 
Doesn't and especially with the no jumps as well. <laughs> yeah. Because you get athletes that jump big jumps. Yeah. <laughs> and it's no jumps. I'm like, listen, man, it's a no jump. So shut up. Um, Put it behind you. Done. So please, man. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, I think it's a, it's a remarkable comeback. I think you're, you're an inspirational human. The short time that I got to know you, I think you're a super cool dude. Um, but before we wrap up, and I mean, geez, it's flown past. Um, your education, your academics that you're doing, you're doing mm. a master's in, in what exactly? And how far do you want to take this? Because you said about a window, let's say, touch wood, it's 35 years yeah, old yeah, and you yeah, hang up your yeah. spikes and you've got your Olympic medals mm, and mm. yaka yaka yaka. Um, there's the next chapter. And it's important for athletes to realize that they need to be investing in their next chapter, in their current chapter in a way, yeah. of some shape or form, right? Yeah, I've, I had the privilege of meeting Aljo van Sel in 2017, just before I came to, to Tux. It was the end of 2017, I think it was like in November. And I'm here talking like, listen, um, you need to focus on what's next. And that's where some athletes, that's a big question some athletes face at the end of their career. Um, yeah, if you make a living out of sports and you invest it and you invest your money and your financials um, in a way that's going to benefit you in the long run and you, after your athletic career, fine by me. Mm. But um, there's some athletes that got the privilege of go and study, getting bursaries and um, educate themselves because some of these athletes um, might be the first in their family to, to go to university and educate themselves mm. and make a difference in, the, in their family. Um, that's when um, LJ told me, listen, you need to invest in yourself for the big question of the athletics. And um, so that's why I decided, listen, go do your honors, go do your masters. Um, so I'm doing my masters now in education and um, I'm focusing on the relationship between coach and athlete. Um, and I feel like for a coach, for an athlete, you get to a stage, especially like the Olympic Games and World Championships and that stuff, is where the relationship between the athlete and the coach, irrespective if it can be your conditioning coach, it can be your coach, um, that's where the small things makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, where he understands you when you you got a like a tough day and you'll be like listen okay mentally you're like 70 percent but physically you're fine so i need to accommodate that and adapt my program yeah. according to the athlete and that's where i feel athletes and coaches and the relationship athletes and coaches um it's it's, it's, it's huge it's huge because um you might think like listen some of the athletes and their coaches you might think oh that talent's talented the athlete's talented but um but no, the, the thing is, the coach understands the athlete. So the coach might be not the greatest in the world, but the thing is, he makes, he understands the athlete. And um, he gets the best out of that athlete. So um, that's my focus for my masters, is to, to focus on that. And um, yeah, it's difficult, eh? Yeah, it's I can difficult imagine for the balance, a professional athlete and doing a master's degree, it's, it's difficult, especially with, like we talked earlier, like the load shedding and stuff. And um, oh man, I need to go buy candles and stuff now. <laughs> like set myself some romantic <laughs> candles for my laptop and stuff. But um, no, it's 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 difficult because yeah. sometimes if you've got a training session for two and a half hours, then you need to go back home and you need to eat and recover, and then you go back to your conditioning, and um, then you need to go back home 
eat again, rest up, and then it's load shedding and stuff. So it's it's difficult. It's difficult, especially now. But um, it's 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 something I enjoy. I don't always get the time to. I've always got a plan and a structure like yeah. this, and you need to do it now, now, now. But I don't always, I don't always like stick to it because you get these sideline curveballs and stuff of life. But um, but yeah, I enjoy it. I think. For now, I think if I finish with my masters, I will just stick with my masters for a bit, focus on athletics, especially with Paris next year. Yeah. Because it's gonna be huge. Paris is gonna be it's gonna be massive because I think yeah, I've worked hard for it. So um and I've yeah, if I think if preparation goes well, um athletes might perform well, even me. Um so yeah, let's see what happens. You run? I have no doubt you're going to be in the medal mix in Paris. <laughs> uh, I wish you all the best for the year ahead, and I uh, look forward to seeing you in action. And uh, you've been a you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you so much for coming through, making Thanks, the Yves. trek here. But uh, as Tyler says, please like and subscribe. Thank you, Jovan Fafirin. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Yas.